Welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And we are back delving deeper into the discography of Brandy Carlisle. Last week, we discussed the band's fiery fifth album, The Firewatcher's Daughter. And this week, we're going to talk about their latest album, By the Way, I Forgive You. Here we go. All right, so we just talked about the fifth album, The Firewatcher's Daughter, their new label, ATO Records. Um, and now we're going to get into... The latest album that was just released a few months ago. And I'm very excited to talk about this actually with you. Yeah. What's also interesting is that we listened to this for the first time together, together. on the way to visit our newborn niece. It mm -hmm. was literally, she was born that morning. And again, they don't have to be paired together, but I'm always going to remember are, that. Of course. Oh, exactly. There's something that I can always attach to that. And I remember, so on first listen, we both just looked at each other and we were like, this like is such a so boring. Yeah. The first listen of this was so disappointing. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I, I honestly, and it's so sad. Like the last two artists we covered, the last album had just been like the big clunker. And I was like, is that really gonna happen again here? Yeah. Nothing was really standing out except for a couple little moments. Um, the album is called By The Way I Forgive You. This is their sixth album. Before we get into what we think about it now, yeah. um, this is immediately, even just looking at the album cover, darker. Um, or at least that's how they're billing this as like the dark album. I kind of still think Give Up the Ghost has a little more darkness to it than yeah, this one. This is, guess, more, more of a concept album of forgiveness, obviously. Right. It says it in the title. It's in a lot of the lyrics. Yes, exactly. The album cover ba uh, painted by Scott Avitt of yes, the Avitt Brothers, which is cool. That. They so just cool. covered in the last song we talked about on Firewatcher's Daughter. Um, like you said, this album about forgiveness, but it's also about family dynamics. There's a political bend mm -hmm. to some of it about Which identity, addiction. Me, These are heavier topics. I have never been a very socially conscious, politically conscious person. Mm -hmm. And obviously I think this is, this is not an uncommon thing. I think with, the, with this last election, people are starting to get a little more aware of what's going on. So it's kind of been almost exciting for me to be able to hear this fresh new music that is related to what's going on mm. that I can actually, it's happening right now in right, my life. Right. A lot of the stuff it's like in the past and like, oh yeah, I kind of understand what they're talking about. Right. But there's something really pertinent about this. Uh, I read that, you know, they all came together, which they said they came to the table with these songs that were about things that were hard to talk about and hard mm. to get through. And they purposely were trying to stretch their songwriting to sort of approach these songs and topics that they were scared to in previous albums. So it feels like they're trying to make it a little more bold and daring and uh, very um, punctual, not punctual, but um, purposeful in yeah. the lyrics that I really respect. I think this has the best lyrics of any album of hers. You disagree? No, I don't know if I disagree. I think there, I, are I think so there were a, a lot. And again, I think they were kind of related to what we were talking about, the sociopolitical climate that felt really pertinent. And so I like those a lot. There's one song in particular that I think has just fantastic lyrics. Um, but yeah, you know, what's also interesting to note, uh, to note is that all of these songs, at least they write it this way, were written by the three of them. Right. Whereas All before, past albums, there have been a, a bunch of them that were written by the three, but some that were just Brandy, some that were just Tim, Phil, yada, yada. This is completely collaborative, it sounds like. And I guess we'll talk about, I mean, wh what we think of the album now. I still find this to be, this, the songwriting is just much simpler and more trite, unfortunately. Um, it's just less gorgeous. There's less pretty melodies throughout. It's starker and yeah. more simple in its uh, orchestrations. Yeah. Absolutely. 
sometimes that's for better, but sometimes it's I think mainly, missing a mainly lot. For, for, yeah, mainly for me, it, it just definitely takes a dip. But again, compared to that first listen, I'm sure you're the same way. A lot of these songs grew on me. Totally. But there are only like a, a couple or a few that I think are really worthy. I don't know. You know what I mean? I do. Um, I feel the same way is that I'm listening more and more and I'm liking it more and more, but still... Still lacks. It still lacks a lot. Even like in the three, four, five spot, they're like good, but they're yeah. not like yes. great. I really think there are maybe two great songs on this album. Three, four, five spot. Oh, you mean on the oh, list? Oh, on our list. I was like, Sorry. what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> it's more live sounding. I think even more so than the other one. This was recorded live. Like her vocals have a live aspect and they're vocals jamming. Have too much reverb on it on this album. I, I actually like if... it. I like it at times. Okay. And I think they jam a lot more, which mm -hmm. is cool in theory that they just don't do Depends that a whole when. lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's if it's just repeating the same thing over and over again on a song that's already kind of bland, it's just like, right. where is this even going? Right. So. so this, again, a new record label. They didn't stay on ATO. They went to Elektra, um, recorded this in Nashville um, with two producers. So it was co-produced by Dave Cobb and Shooter Jennings. Dave Cobb is sort of a big Americana country producer of these sort of contemporary big artists, Sturgill Simpson, Chris Stapleton, Jason Isbell, Zach Brown Band. Mm -hmm. And Shooter Jennings is actually the son of Waylon Jennings, who's like considered you know, a country God. So they've, he, I feel like she's, she's picked up these two even more connected country producers, even though I don't find the countryness really in this as much, yeah. except for some of the weaker songs. Almost this, but it's almost, I mean, I'm not going to say country is simple, but almost in the simplicity and the hackneyed, mm -hmm. uh, chordal structures of some of the songs in the middle, which we'll mm -hmm. talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah. maybe that is somehow related to, I don't know, that country flair. The thing about what's interesting about Dave Cobb is that he, for this record really, and I guess this goes into the whole, when I said it's live sounding and jammy, he didn't want Brandy. I guess she had been saying like, no, we usually, you know, we'll record something on record. And then as soon as the record's done, we're like, okay, how do we play this live now? How are we going to change it up? And mm -hmm. he was like, no, I mean, record it how you're going to play it live. So you hear her over these jammy sections, just kind of wailing and screaming like she would do live. So I, I appreciate that aspect of it. But again, they still could have done that and could have had better songs. And anyway, I agree. I always like, I think I said this earlier, I like to see who they thank. This album uh, is dedicated to, I forgot his name earlier in the podcast, Paul Buckmaster. He's the one who or, uh, arranged the strings on Pride and Joy. Um, he won the Grammy for Drops of Jupiter. You know what I forgot to tell you is that he did the string arrangements for uh, Daylight Fading, I'm Not Sleeping, Another Horse Dreamer's Blues, on Counting serious? Crows, Recovering the Satellites. Uh... Yeah. So he passed away, I think, last year. And she dedicated the whole album to him. I think he did the string arrangement on the last song, Party of One. Um, oh, shit. Oh, we'll talk about that. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, she also thanks the Avid Brothers again, the McCready's. So mm -hmm. Mike, I mean, it sounds like, I think Mike McCready and his family, they must live near the twins and Brandy. I think they're all sort of like in the Seattle yeah. hub together, which is cool. She thanks Dave Matthews again. Yep. Um, and always Elton John. Every, every album she thanks Elton John. Love that. Um, let's just get into it. I think one other thing is that this is the first time since the debut that it's 10 songs, like stripped. We've talked about this also, is that the problem sometimes with a 10-song album is every Each song needs to be, be great. Yes. And, and that is listen, not the case. I mean, I really like the first album. Granted, 10 songs is fine. You can get away with one, maybe two. But like still, yeah, they should all be extremely um, quality. And these, unfortunately, 
like half of them or not, maybe a little bit more. Agreed. Um, why don't you start? Okay. My number five is The Mother. How dare you? I knew you were going to say that. How dare you? You're going to say that. Number five is Hold Out Your Hand. What? Boo. <laughs> oh, boy. I didn't know that this we were going to be gonna this divisive. Be, me too. My number four is Most of All. My number four is Harder to Forgive. Oh, boy. Oh, no. My number three is The Joke. My number three is Party of One. My number two is Every Time I Hear That Song. Wow. Wow. Are we completely different? Number two for me is The Joke. Okay. The Joke. <laughs> the Joke. My number one song on this album is Party of One. My number one song, as you know, is The Mother. The Mother. Wow. Vastly different lists. Mm. I mean, we still... Wow. We, we got, I mean, you have my top three on yours. Three. Yeah. The so, mother, so joke, okay. Party of the one. two songs that we're fighting for the five spot were hold out your hand and harder forgive, even though I, I reacted strongly <laughs> to hold out your hand. Well, we're trying, we're just working with what we're given. Yes. And I just can't believe you, you put that over most of all, most of all, no, we'll talk about it. Okay. So let's start with your number five, the banger, hold out your hand. I like the contrast here. I actually like her. I run a little miles a mile. Love that part. Yeah. I think the chorus is an abomination. It is <sighs> such a cheap. Talk about I, lumineers. I hate, I hate it is, the bada buzz. I hate that. It. I have such a love. See, and, I, and she ended with this song at the concert. It was. It's. I think she's trying to make this the big stomper. It, no. It, I have such a love hate relationship with this song because of how cool. The verses are not how, just that. My favorite part is the bridge of this song. The bridge is and amazing. It's, and it's all, it, I, I agree, but it's but all it's, in it's that, that same vocal vein. Line. It's, yes. it's, her, it's all her talky kind of. Yes, thing. I think it's so new for her and brilliant yeah. and really cool. I think the chorus is so cheap. Yeah, it's no, the so chorus is not that great. Cut really and paste. Isn't. Anyone could have made that chorus. She also it, it started also, to love this triplet beat. I don't know where that came in, but like she does that in the fucking awful outro of Stranger at My Door. <laughs> she does it here and then she does it also when we talk about Harder to Forgive. She has this sort of marchy kind of like, I don't know, there's maybe there's this like one last Shadow Puppet song that I know that kind okay. of has that. So I don't know why I always think of that, but she just kind of, I don't know, she likes that for some reason. I don't know how much it works. I like the contrast though from the chorus I don't back to the verse. At all. I think it feels the verse, cut saying. and paste in the worst way. Yeah. These feel like completely different songs that were mashed together for no reason. I don't love the song. I'm telling you that. <laughs> this but is going to really, be like your head this, full of dreams yeah, or panic stations. Yeah, I don't really love this album. Um, but there was something about the bridge. I, I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but just that. Well, there's a really cool lyric in there where she says, here's a license for killing your own native son for a careless mistake in a fake, fake plastic gun. gun. I mean, it's all Come about, on. it's about this climate of these yeah. uh, black people being murdered for completely unbased reasons. 
and her sort of take on police brutality and sort of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it's a really powerful statement and I love that she's done this here. This whole album, we didn't, you know, you said alluded to um, uh, the political climate. She's sort of still saying, how do we go forward in this horrible time that we're in right now? And I get that concept. I just think the chorus sucks so bad. So another thing about the chorus, I read that Dave Matthews likes to call her like a big fat trumpet head. (laughs) Again, they're friends and I'm sure she sees it like endearingly. But there are times on this album where I hear her vocals and I'm just kind of like, okay, calm down. <laughs> There's something about the, hold out your hand, hold on again, round around again. It's like a little- Chorus sucks. Yeah, but it's also just kind of her- Her way she's singing it? Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe this is part of the live thing. I don't know. Maybe they're, they're not as uh, critical of, of the beauty of it. I mean, we talked about it. It's less gorgeous. It's kind of more, um, I don't know, get biting. You said stark, but Yeah. That's not much more to say. I love the verses so much and how she sings it, but the chorus ruins it for me. Yeah, fair enough. Next. My number four pick was not on your list, was Most of All. She taught me how to fight, how to move across the line between the wrong and the right. And when I'm turned out in the darkness and the pushing comes to shove to remember what comes back. This to me, and you're going to hate me for saying this, but this is like a gone moment to me. When that chorus hits, I knew you were going to I love that harmony so much, and I cannot believe it only happens twice, basically. It only happens twice. I love the song. That is the best part of the song. It is the best part, no question. Give but away I, your love. When you give your love away, give away your love killer that harmony haunts my dreams i love that harmony mm. i also love the lyrics on this so much sort of like taking taking what each of her parents has given her and reflecting on it yeah. you know her dad and she and she I, this is a songwriting technique that i love um sort of doing the same structure but changing the protagonist or changing a little bit yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I haven't seen my father in some time versus, you know, I haven't heard my mother's voice in a while, yeah. but her vo- her words keep falling out my mouth. His face is always staring back at me. Here's the things her dad taught her, how to walk the best that she can in the road she's left behind. He taught her how to forgive, be have a cool head. And then she goes through what her mother taught her. Right. And it's sort of just about being a parent and her figuring out what her parents had given her. And I take it as what she wants to give her children. I find it this really beautiful sentiment of, of, in your latter, your later age, sort of really understanding and respecting and loving what you've gotten from your parents. Yes. So I read that she wrote this because both her parents that last year, or I guess before she wrote this, had lost their mothers. And there was this thing where uh, all of a sudden, like before they would like not take parents' calls because of whatever grievances, that kind of thing. And then as soon as they passed away, it was all just like talking about what you loved about them. And she wrote this because she was saying that some people can see that as disingenuous. Is that the right word? Yeah. Um, that like all of a sudden, as soon as they pass away, then you're sort of like only looking at the good things and it's not, it's like fake. It's not actually seeing it how it is. Mm. And she was like flipping that and saying, no, maybe that is actually what it all is in the end and everything else, all that other crap is nothing. And so I think she just wrote that to kind of reflect that sentiment. Um, This song just kind of, 
I literally, I hear the beginning of the song and I'm like, these songs are all blending together. Like the verses are just like nothing to me. And the chorus is fine. I love the giveaway or love, but that's really, that's really it for me. And talk about trumpet head. I hate when she goes and remember what comes back to you. That no, is just like, eh. I like it. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> so from there on the album sequentially comes, uh, your song, uh, that you picked for your number four, Harder to Forgive. I love the groove and the bass. I really was this not on your list? No. I love that. It fought for. It was my number six. It was my number six. Uh, and then the bass movement, doom, 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 like halfway through the verse. There's I don't something, find the verses special at all. I find these much more special than other ones. I disagree. And everyone was someone different then. I think the chorus is soaring, just the like most of all, in a so different way. Good. Oh my God. I Sometimes love I pretend we never met because it's harder to forgive talk about album of forgiveness and all about how it's very difficult and sometimes you just got to forget i mean literally that actually kind of goes back to that year it's hard sometimes it's harder to forgive than to forget and she forgot about this guy supposedly or that kind of like didn't think about it for years because that idea of forgiving is just so difficult I love those, that extra bar of two in the chorus. The sometimes I forget. And then this kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 is really the beginning. And I just love that pretend, like when they go up, the bass goes down. It's very cool. I think the bridge breakdown, outro, what have you, is the best part of this album. I think it's really interesting because I actually you don't like it. No, it's not that. It was like really yesterday in the car because again, Josh and I often he drives me back to his place. (laughs) I spend the night and whatnot. Um, We were listening to this and singing along, and yeah, I don't know why in that in your speaker system, like it is just huge, huge. Huge. She is wailing. These pianos are chunking. I think it's it's the most intense and powerful and emotive. And they speed up a little bit towards the end. Yes, yes. It explodes. Ooh. Yeah. And I, like when I'm listening, I'm like, holy shit, this is yeah. a song. I don't find the verses as interesting. The chorus is good, but not great. I still feel like that part is like an aha moment on this album for me. voice is just great yeah and it's got this glorious outro with the strings and the piano it feels theatrical it feels special it's a good song this is my fighting for number five for me from there we'll go to my number two pick the opening track every time i hear that song by the way i forgive you after all maybe i should thank you for giving me what i found without you Fine. 
I'm surprised this wasn't on your list at all because this was the the only song on first listen that I really gravitated towards. I, really? I was, yeah, I was like, oh yeah. By the way, I forgive This chorus you. is addicting. Yeah, it's beautiful. Addicting, addictive. Uh, I don't. I find the chorus better than the verses, and I just can't help but sing along every single time. And every time I hear that song, <laughs> I think it's a very simple but very effective. Yeah lyric and that whole concept because we've all been through breakups where whether this is a song about a breakup or about her wife now it, it's it's sort of unclear for some of these songs um i've been doing just fine without you except for when i hear is it because she's away from her and touring like i don't know if this is about an ex or about a friend or about her wife this to me is about this is also about forgiveness and i don't see it as related to uh, a spouse or anything like okay. that I read that, uh, I don't know if this is what kind of stemmed the whole theme, or maybe I think she kind of like looked at the album afterwards and was like, oh, this is about forgiveness. So when she was 15, she was going to get baptized. I don't know if you read about this at all, but the no. past, literally, she was all in her like bathing suit, going to be dunked in the water. Her family was like in the, wherever it was, the church, kind of like waiting. She was going up in line. And right then and there, the pastor says, I can't do this because you... Uh, see yourself as gay or whatever. God. She is gay. Um, yeah. And so that was, I'm sure traumatic in like, I can't even imagine what that must be like. And especially that build up, and especially in the way of like how harsh that is to like get you prepared for that and in front of everyone and whatnot, yeah, just like, I so I think there was something in that she, it was hard for her to forgive him. Absolutely. And it sounds like she called him up after that and was like, or he called her up rather and was asking for forgiveness and, wow. she, and she just couldn't, she couldn't do it, which I get. I mean, it's fucked up. But anyway, I see this related to that. Something about, I know it's saying like, I hope you're doing well, but I don't know. Well, the, the chorus of the song is the title of the album. By the way, I forgive you. Right. Like it, it, every chorus stanza starts that way. And there's like, I want to thank you for, because honestly, maybe what you did that I'm forgiving you pushed, for. Pushed her harder. Pushed exactly. Her, yeah. And got me to where I am today. Yeah. There, I, I don't remember the lyrics, but there are lyrics about that. Something about like a life, uh, a better, a life better lived is whatever. You know what I mean? Reven kind of the thing. best revenge is a, there a life well I think, lived. I think that's what yeah. it is. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. There's it, something kind of laggy. This is very different it is, from you know, for an opener, from all of her totally openers comparatively. Slow. It's slow. Yeah. And, you know, I keep complaining about mid-tempo. This is pretty mid-tempo. Yeah. But I love it. I think it's just the chorus. There's not too much to, else to say. I just, every time I hear this song, yeah. pun intended, I uh -huh. can't stop singing it. I, I think it's a beautiful, dark, but just addictive harmony on that song. I love Without it. Without you around. I love that. Yeah. And that's great. got a great country twang to it. Mm -hmm. Okay, from there, let's go to your number two song, uh, my number three, the lead single off this album, The Joke. song and as epic as it gets on record nothing beats what we saw live i was just gonna say i think this song came to life for me when yes. we saw it live no, i agree i couldn't believe how great it sounded honestly because yeah. before it was like this is a good song it feels like an anthem mm -hmm. but it never really connected with me 
And then, yeah, I don't know if it was the string swells or hearing her voice. So the, the inception of this song, or the conception rather, um, was that I think one of the producers was like, you know what, I haven't really heard, which I think is bullshit by the way, but I think the story is that I haven't heard you have a vocal, a really vocally commanding song since the story. Ah, fuck you. Which I disagree with, but yeah. she took that to heart and basically wrote this song. Yeah, and her, she stands out. I mean, obviously, she does. It's, it's a killer. Especially that first chorus when it's just her, like before the real band comes right. in. I This is when I actually like the stadium sound on her voice. Mm. I don't know if that kind of irks you a little bit, but... This wasn't one of those times. I really like it. Um, I love the chords that she's using. Kind of simple, but still really nice. Again, I love hearing her on piano. It still is kind of few and far between those types of songs. The melody... They can kick it in your face, dress you down, and tell you that your place is in the middle. That's so much. Yeah. There's so many little, little that's lines just a, that's, in there. I don't know. As soon as it hits that, I think that's almost like right. the climax the chorus, of it for me. The chorus is, the, is, is insanely good. Yeah. Let them live while they can. It's huge. Like, I get why yeah. her and the producer are sort of looking for that next story moment. Yeah. Um, she just sounds so wise. She, she, she really does. And the lyrics wise. are fantastic on this yeah. on this song. I mean, yeah, this when, is the most sociopolitical. Absolutely. She gets. So this is very much in the wake of the 2016 presidential election in the U.S. And sort of, she wanted to write a song. I wrote, you know, I read as for a people people who feel underrepresented, underloved, illegal. Even I really like how, just like in most of all, she starts with the stanza about her father, and then the stanza about her yes, mother. Which is, is first boy, she talks about the girl, boys. Yeah. She's dedicating it to sort of the delicate boys, the boys who sort of feel awkward in this sort of toxic masculinity. Like the, the lyrics aren't about, oh, that's good. I actually yeah, didn't, the lyrics aren't about, Hey, don't be that. this bad boy. It's more like, Hey, if you're like this sort of delicate, emotional guy, it's okay. Don't be pushed around. Don't be yeah. this, that, and the other. It's sort of, I love that, that it's not just, you know, a female empowerment anthem. It's for men as well. Yes. It's, it's, and then write the second verses for the girls, you know, um, it's your brother's world for, for a little, little while, while longer. longer. I love right? that. And that I think I read was specifically about like the women's Winston march and, and, and Hillary losing yeah. and whatnot. And also I love the, to call you weak and then displace you after carrying your baby on your back across yeah, the desert. That's so I just got chills again. Yeah. Like immigration yeah. and that kind of thing. And I think the chorus is a really wise lyric. Yes. Let them laugh while they can. Let them spin. Let them scatter in the wind. I've been to the movies. I've that. seen how it ends. I know. The joke's on them. Love that. Just got chills again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting chills. I think I get chills more with lyrics, lyrics and yeah. meaning than actual music. No, fair enough. I think I said that in the first uh, podcast we do with Coldplay, unrelated to Coldplay, that I heard it from a Nico K song that was strictly like what was happening. Yeah. yeah I, I find this really honest and personal and important. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's a really strong song of hers and really, really special, especially for a lot of people hearing it. I love it. Yeah. It's very hopeful. I agree. And again, she's just kind of belting out at the end. She's got these voice cracks. It just sounds live and huge and important. And there's not much more to say. This is, this is a great song. I'm very happy that this came out Me too. of this album. And yeah. what's crazy is, that, I mean, my top two are, the joke and the mother, the two singles and the two singles. So, and honestly, I didn't really, I didn't know the joke before I got, got into this album. I didn't know mother of uh, the mother. So it was kind of disappointing to get, hear yeah. the rest of the no, album. I'm sure it's always the worst when you, the favorite, favorite songs are the ones you had sort of heard yeah. previously or, but or knew was the big push. And what's for. interesting is that to me, I mean, the mother's not really, well, we'll talk about it. We're about to talk <laughs> about it right now. Well, there we go. Your number one song and my number five song is the mother from inside of the ages through your eyes 
You are not an accident where no one thought it through. The world that stood against us made us mean to fight for you. And when we chose your name, we knew that you'd fight the power too. You're nothing short of magical and beautiful to me. So this was the first song off this album that I heard. It was it was put on a mix that was shared with the two of us. Um, yeah, and I loved it. And oh, so this was actually the third Brandy Car- Carlisle song You'd that I knew. Heard. Yeah, which was kind of crazy. And I remember really liking it. Um, and it's only gotten better. I find it to be such a well-crafted song in all aspects. Uh, again, it's kind of like, yeah, there's the chorus of I am the mother of Evangeline, but it's all pretty much just these stanzas one after the other. I think these are some of her best lyrics they ever. Are. This is the ever song I was talking to about. Record. Yes. I Every one. I don't want to start negative, but I think I think I always want to like this song more than I do a little bit because yeah. I don't find the music as captivating as the story and the mm-hmm. words behind it. Um, but wow, these are some incredibly personal and descriptive ways of dealing. She sort of introduced this song at the show we went to. Right. You want to talk about it? No, I was actually, sorry, I was going to relate this to Wilder mm. and Chained. That, that was actually, I don't think I cued into those lyrics until recently, and I knew this one first, but that's kind of the first time she, again, Tim wrote it, but it's the first time that she kind of acknowledges that, uh, I mean, in lyrics that her daughter is not biologically related to her Mm -hmm. and what that means being whatever it is. I mean, that comes from being like, it can come from being in a, like a lesbian couple or a gay couple and that kind of thing. And I don't know. But, but like you said, I mean, she introduced the song as saying, giving her whole story about like everyone telling her, you know, once your daughter's in your hands, like you're never going to feel the same way again. And she basically admitted to the audience of thousands of people at Beacon Theater and probably says that story maybe a lot that she didn't feel anything. And she was sort of scared by that. Just and this, so, I love, I mean, that's, it's, uh, that's probably, most people do feel that way. Right? Everything and is so romanticized. Was, yeah. And she was brave enough to admit that and put it on record. I mean, she clearly loves her daughter, no question. And, and these lyrics show that, but each one sort of comes with a little, like a little, um, preface to it, you know, uh, welcome to be the end of being alone inside your mind. This is sort of like, you know, you're no longer alone. You, now you're a mother. Yeah. Um, you'll always be worried all the time, yada, yada. But then she says the New York streets are as busy as they always used to be, but I'm the mother of, now I have a daughter. Like I can't be that, you know, that single person out on the town anymore. I now have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. She keeps, you know, going back and forth between like the things that are hard for her about motherhood and the things that really fulfill her. And I think it's just a really honest portrayal about how she feels about her daughter. Yeah. I, yeah, before even talking about the music line wise, I love, you always knew the melody, but you never heard it rhyme. That's a great way of saying Mm -hmm. you've always heard about it, but it's never actually rang true to you. Um, she talks about, she doesn't look like me. She's, she's fair and she's quiet. She doesn't look like me. That's like, same as Wilder, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much that's like, that eats at her or anything like that, but still for me, I'm always so curious about, I mean, who knows what will happen in the future with like adoption in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, any of the, I mean, this wasn't adoption. This was in vitro. Um, but yeah, that, I don't know, that always stuck out to me. But all the wonders I have seen, I will see a second time from inside of the ages through your eyes. That is where it's like, I'm missing out on all this stuff, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to experience it all again through your your experience. Similar to how she talked about in Caroline, um, sort of, you know, through her niece or what have you. I mean, the way she talks about, I just want to, I just want to say this lyric. 
The first things that she took from me were self selfishness and sleep. Automatically great line. Yeah. She broke a thousand heirlooms I was never meant to keep. She filled my life with color, canceled plans, and trashed my car. But none of that was ever who we are. That is such a special, got chills again. You know what that such reminds me of? Such a special way of talking about what's important in life. Yes. I mean, that was like our mother's mother, grandma, um, I think always had this phrase. If it's like, if, if it can be, if you can replace it with money or something like that, then it doesn't mean anything. I don't know. And that always kind of, it was kind of reminiscent of that to me. I also, yeah, it's great lyrics. I hold you while you're sleeping and I wish that I could go. She's admitting that sometimes she's like, uh, I yeah. don't really want to be here. Right. All my rowdy friends are out accomplishing their dreams, but I'm the mother of Evangeline. Like I have this responsibility, right. but it's not all bad. Right. The only other sociopolitical thing I was mentioning before is this line, the world has stood against us, made us mean to fight for you. Um, when we chose your name, we knew you'd fight the power too. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's still like she would not be in existence if, you know, potentially if yeah. things didn't, you know, turn out the way they did and they weren't allowed to get married or, right. that, or that kind of right. thing. So it's just it's very powerful. Now talking about the music, I actually, again, I still feel like there's a classicness to it, but I love how the melody keeps creeping up. Welcome to the end of being alone inside your mind. You tether to another and you worry all the time. And goes up, first goes of all, up, it, goes start, up, then it, goes down. it starts with the best. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful I love guitar that line. guitar thing. Um, and this is the third time, at least consciously, that she does those sort of drops where it's, uh, all my rowdy friends are out accomplishing their dreams. Yeah. And it just kind of rests on that for a while. And that is so, that just hits my heart. Um, yeah. There's these tasteful drums. I love when the made us mean to fight for you. Yeah. These little it's, things it's here and there. It's very tasteful production on here. The bridge is nice, a nice way to just kind of open it up. And like, there's more guitars coming out and they goes to, he goes to the snare on the drums. There's just, I find it to be a very well-crafted song. And also talk about the way she can affect her voice. I love the ties to the machine. Yeah, that, like, that nice vibrato yeah, that, right at the end. Like, eh, it's kind of an, uh. Yeah. And then her just, it's just a great song. It's a great song. Yes, it is. So now let's go to my number one song on this album and your number three, the closing track, Party of One. This is this incredible. I mean, I keep saying, oh, is this about her wife? Is this about. This one is clearly about her relationship to her wife, to me, um, at least through being a touring musician and sort of dealing with their relationship. It's just a very honest and very dark, but very, once again, sort of this forgiveness and sort of. It's almost like she, she's sort of battling within herself what she feels and how she wants to mm -hmm. communicate it to her. There are such. The, the opening line. Waiter, send this to the table, the party of one, the only other lonely soul in this place. And so you're finishing up your coffee, When you then where are you going to run? All I can see is just that them getting into a fight at breakfast and just sitting there in their, their apartment, their room, sort of being these sort of soul fighting um, this couple. And 
like, how do I reach out and mend this? I, mm-hmm. I feel like this is such a, such a brutally honest description of a fight in a relationship that mm-hmm. I, that I connect to so well. Uh, and I think we didn't even talk about the music. Like this is just her on piano, at least yeah. the way it starts. Starts with a beautiful swelling piano yeah. line. It's sort of yeah. It's very. This is one of the most special piano ballads that she's done. Of course, it's all kind of rubato. There's no real tempo to it. It's mm. just her. It uh, it kind of do you hear it kind of sounds like Adele. There's definitely mm. some Adele in there. I see. I mean, I'm not really sure what I'm saying about that, but I think this is it's a special sound for her. I don't think she's ever really sounded this way. Um, but again, relating to the lyrics, I never knew if it was related to like a relationship or if it was her kind of being outside of herself and looking just kind of at herself in terms of like running away and whatnot. But I, I always love that. And in, in the end, it's kind of, I'm coming home cause I'm yours. It's like, I'm leaving, but I'm coming home. I just mean, exactly. I mean, she's saying all these little lines, like you should always let the sun go down in your anger. Like before you have this fight, you know, you should already sort of have it calm down. I loved you the first time I saw you. I know I love you still, but I'm tired. Yeah. And I'm and I, yours. And I am yours. It's I am, t- but I'm tired and I'm yours. It's like, I'm tired of this, but I'm, I'm still yours. But it's also angry and accusatory. I just want to keep writing these lyrics. Yeah. Your eggshells and your right statements and your weaponized words are paper tigers now. Your constant overthinking and your secretive drinking are making you more and more alone. Here's where it's like, is it Catherine? Is it her? Right. Um, girl, you can slam the door behind you. It ain't ever going to close because when you're home, you're already home. Yeah. I love that line so much. It's so powerful, especially when you're when you're not just in a relationship, but you're, when you're married to someone mm-hmm. and in that same home and have a life with them and have children now. She now has a second daughter. Son. Is it a daughter? Elijah is her daughter. Yeah, oh, she named her Elijah. Yeah. But we haven't even talked about, I think this vocal performance is astounding. I think she gets it build, 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 build. I am tired. Well, she's got this one I am tired that is all rasp. Yeah, and there's this so this only, grit. There's only the only thing I'll say about that is kind of what I was talking about maybe earlier in the podcast. Um she uses her voice very well and I kind of wish that that was like just something that happened in the studio that like something caught in her throat rasp. But then she does it live and it takes a little bit away from me. Mm, interesting. Again, I don't, I don't want Like I'll start probably with the negatives or whatever. Yeah. That's the only thing I'll say about that because I kind of wish that it was more genuine, but mm-hmm. still it's kind of a cool thing. It's also slightly ugly, but it is ugly, but I but like yes, the ugliness. There's a charm to the ugliness. I agree with that. And then it goes in completely different sort of melody. I don't want to go home anymore. I don't want to throw stones anymore. It's so huge and and dark and emotional. I don't want to take part in the war. And then the the string swells that come in after this. I love you the first time I saw you. And I know I love you still. And then the strings. It's like, ooh, that definitely chills. It was just her and piano really before. And I love the I am tired. I am not my My own and I am leaving. That thing is, oh God. That is such a gorgeous melody. She has like so many musical ideas on this song, right? She goes from that really heavy part to like this beautiful, beautiful, you just sang it. (laughs) Uh, And then she goes into another melody. 
Cause I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Yeah, I love that. I am yours, and then I am yours, I am yours. She's got it. Like at the end of the day, after all their fighting, I'm yours. Like I'm going to be yours and we're going to get through this and it just kills me. I love this. I adore this song. I think this is, this is an incredible song of hers. This outro is crazy. And what you just told me about this string arranger, that actually, that, that really, that affects me because these, I think (laughs) on this song and another one that we'll talk about, I think the strings are actually like the highlights Mm. of the song almost. Talk about Pachelbel's Canon. Yes, this is where I heard it. Like, no question. <laughs> I don't care. It's, I don't either. It's, it's, it's so grand and cinematic and a lovely way to end this album. As soon as the band is out and it's just the strings, it's all, oh my God, it's Heaven. so heavenly. It yeah. is so heavenly. Truly. And I love, oh my God, best part of this entire album is that last chord that they spell out. Like it goes from like I don't yeah yeah honestly let's just play that that last part right here. something about it that gets me every time and then they pull away so delicately and it's just such an amazing way to end the album i love it this song yeah this song maybe could have been higher than the joke it's like they're kind of paired together her two piano songs i don't know i don't know they're definitely special it's a very special song to me i, I adore this song i think it's in, and actually you said you said seeing it live sort of took away some of it for you. It actually made it, it was, more special to me. I think it me. was just that. It was just that voice thing that, yeah, kind of that she was did. Like, yeah, 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 but enough. no, I agree. I think all the songs live added an extra element. Totally, to it, yeah. Which is interesting because they were trying to make this sound like it was live, but yeah, whatever. didn't succeed, I don't yeah. think. Let's go through the rest of these really quickly. Okay, um, after um, every time I hear this song, that song, the joke, hold out your hand, the mother, whatever you do, this is just slow and languid and dreary. It's not terrible. It's like, it's a song. It's yeah. there. The things I'll pick out were, I've got a life to live to. I like that melody a lot. That kind of comes back here and there. Yeah, the, there's a road left behind. It's fine. That the best I part, not speak I was of. just talking about the string arrangements. I love this outro too. It's like a very similar thing to Party of One to me. Uh, the the same, band just kind of picks up. Guy. Yeah. yeah. And this time she is wailing I over this. I do not like her wailing. I do. What? I really do. It is so... And she, she end, has nothing else to do. So she's like, well... I don't know. There's something about it that gets me, especially at the very end. She, she It's not even wailing. She screams and she cracks in a great way and just kind of... ah. And then there are these uh, string swells and those string swells are so nice. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we get, I think we can agree, two of the blandest, most forgettable songs over their career. Yes. Fulton I, County Jane Doe 
It's so nothing. There's I went nothing to the bathroom. here. I went to the bathroom during this song at the live show because I so didn't care about it. And she, I really need to. Go we don't to the really need to give it more time than this. No. But she wrote, she decided to write a song about this story of this Jane Doe that no one ever found her name. And she sort of, you know, was dead. And she was like, I thought if she didn't have a name, I should write her a song. She deserved a way better song than this yeah. because this is, this goes nowhere. There's barely a chorus. Melodies in it. are nothing. There's nothing. Skip it. Yeah. Done. After that, Kind of a similar... I actually think the song is worse. Yeah, it's bad. It's called Sugar Tooth. And it's another song about, oh, sort of humanizing someone who's a cocaine addict. But there's nothing here. There's no melody here. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if this is actually related to someone that she knows or whatnot. And if it is like, yeah, I kind of wish that there was a better song written about it. It's kind of sad that I hate it so much because it's an emotional topic. But there's this like Sheryl Crow, Faith Hill, Slave to a Sugar Tooth... And it comes out. It, it's just oh, the, the first yeah. part of the song is so boring. There's nothing going on. So boring. You wasn't even known for breaking the rules. Yeah, like I feel like even though we sort of shat on a, some a bunch of songs on Bear Creek, those songs had stuff going on. Yes. This has nothing yes, going on. Exactly. And it's so dreadful. So tepid. Yeah. Bad. Bad. And it's sad to sort of end on that note because there are definite highlights of this album, but the, that those three songs in the middle kill this album like so kill this whatever album whatever you do fulton county sugar tooth oh my god yeah so boring you're right yeah. you're, honestly i i really like the last half of whatever you do but these two on a 10 song album like we were talking about and then there are a bunch of other parts on other songs that to me are just like half of it's good maybe a piece is good yeah it's kind of unfortunate again i'm still happy that she they as a band can still come out with a handful of good tunes. Right. Like I wouldn't say, you know, in our last two podcast series about Coldplay Emotion City soundtrack, we sort of had the last album be like yeah, a train wreck. Isn't as train this wreck. Is not as much. There's there's some bad songs on here. Yes. Um and I don't love it just doesn't feel as exciting of an album. I yeah. think lyrically this is the best they've ever been. Um but musically a lot of these songs sort of even though we talked about highlights, Hold Out Your Hand seems like a really pandering chorus like Whatever you do, so boring. We just talked about these boring songs. You said, but each of us said, most of all, and harder to forgive. There were parts we liked, but not yeah. super. It's just kind of a let. It's another letdown, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but doesn't sound yet like she's stopping. No way. Whereas Unlike the last the other few bands, bands we've right. talked about. I mean, Motion City's done. Coldplay has talked about that being their last album. So I'm still hopeful that Absolutely. something will be different in the future. I'm very curious where she'd go from here. They're still here. very young in their 30s. I yeah, mean, that's another thing. She is 36 years old. Yeah. She's 36. We didn't even talk about so that. She's much 36 time. years old. So much music ahead of her. And she's still so them. incredible. And the two of them, the Phil and Tim Hansroth. Ooh. Um, what a band. Yeah. But that was the full discography up until now in 2018. Yes. Thanks for listening to Top 5 Disco, part six in our in-depth discussion, dissection, debate, and analysis of Brandy Carlisle's entire discography. Now that we've discussed the band's latest album and explored their entire discography, tune in next week where we welcome another special guest to the podcast for a roundtable discussion of all things Brandy and our worst and best lists. But before that, we want to know your thoughts, your opinions, and your personal top fives for Brandy. What are your top five favorite songs on By The Way I Forgive You and why? Do you forgive Brandy for writing Fulton County Jane Doe and Sugar Tooth? Reach out and let us know. 
You can support us and help Top 5 Disco grow simply by subscribing to this podcast so you can get the new episodes as soon as they come out. It takes just a second to hit that little button. And you can find and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and now Instagram for behind-the-scenes goodies and an easy way to connect. Also, don't forget to tell your music-loving friends and family all about us. Thank you so much again for listening. Tune in next time. And remember, it's really all disco. Disco.